Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, a place where we focus on the business side of art to help you attract more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creativity and financial freedom. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and this week's episode is episode number 300. 300 consistent episodes from the last almost five years. I have put out something every single week, sometimes twice a week. (laughs) Not lately, but back in the day, I used to do some twice a week. The consistency of that. And now we've grown and I have so many artists that tell me, I love listening to this episode, or I really like the takeaway from that or whatnot. I get so much positive feedback on this podcast and I'm so glad I started it almost five years ago and have put out an episode every single week. I, I think when it comes to podcasting or building a business or any business, consistency is the biggest thing. It's changed over the years. It's gotten way better with editing. <laughs> and I feel like I I can talk a lot more freely and flowingly. <laughs> yeah, I'm a good talker. And I, but I still use a lot of filler words that luckily my editor just edits out. You know, a lot of things have changed, but a lot of things have also stayed the same, like not necessarily needing everything to be perfect. For example, let me paint the picture for you. I am currently recording this podcast episode in my car, which I usually don't do unless I have to. And today I have to. I had a very busy day. I could not run all the way back home. So I brought the mic and my computer in my car with me. And my computer is balanced right up in front of me on my wheel and my dashboard. And then I have my projector case on my lap, and then I have the microphone on top of that. So this is what we're doing today. (laughs) And I came and I parked at our local park, which is right next to a place that I need to be right after this. And I'm like, okay, we're just going to record some stuff here today and and then go on with it. So yeah, I've been trying to do these solo episodes pretty close to whenever they come out. So I'm recording it a little bit less than a week ahead of time, actually six days ahead of time, because I like it to be very relevant. And I really wanted to feel this accomplishment of this 300th episode just in real time. And I want to update you about you know business, how I'm working through things, actually currently how I'm working through the winter season and I'm going to share the things I'm doing right now because I think it might be relatable to what you're currently doing or trying to do or might want to do in your own mural business. But this week's episode is all about seasons of the art business. So currently in the winter season, I'm going to be talking about what I do in spring and summer and fall and what that looks like because we just had a planning of the year episode and I think this goes along with it. And then I'll be talking about some how I battle negative self-talk because I get a lot of comments about that or questions about that inside of the Artist Academy because a lot of artists I see deal with imposter syndrome and such like that. And I just want to talk about how I handle that. For example, Artist Academy student posted in the group recently and asked for feedback about how other artists are handling imposter syndrome. And this is one that I have a little bit of a hard time relating to, not because I think I'm better in this way or anything. It's just that 
I was very young when I started out in the painting world, and it was tough, and I went through my own challenges, mostly of not knowing what to do, but I didn't have a lot of imposter syndrome because I was really young, and I don't think anybody looked at me and thought, oh, she's supposed to be a really good painter and really knowledgeable about all these things. They just looked at me like I was too young <laughs> to be doing a lot of things. And I don't know when that shift happened when people looked at me as too young and just the right amount of age. I'm not sure when that happened, but I don't deal with that problem anymore. So I dealt with that back in the day. People just wouldn't take me seriously. I was a you know, 19, 21 year old trying to get business and saying the wrong things. And they're just like, oh, honey, that's so cute. <laughs> Nobody wanted to take me seriously. So that's more of the issue that I had. And I grew through that. But imposter syndrome was not one but what I think about now, and this is the advice that I gave Arts Academy member Coley, who asked this recently, because I asked her, I was like, okay, well, what do you mean imposter syndrome? Like, what do you mean exactly? Like, what are you scared of? And I think that's when we're talking about negative self-talk, it's finding out exactly what we think is going to happen. So I'm scared of this or that, or but like, okay, well, what do you think is going to happen? What position do you think you're going to be in? Are you scared of, you know, talking to a customer and looking stupid or not knowing the answer or what? And she was saying how basically she thinks the market is oversaturated. And my answer to that was, you know, she was thinking that, you know, she's not going to be able to get jobs because there's just too much competition and there's so many artists. And so I just told her, you I know, mean, my answer to that is it looks really saturated because we are artists and we follow other artists, specifically really impressive artists. And we look at their stuff all day. That's what's, you know, on our Instagram feed and whatnot. And we see that all the time. And we're like, oh, I need to up my game or, oh, I need, I need to do better. Oh, she uses colors so well. But really the average person, so say your five closest friends, ask them how many artists they follow. Probably you and maybe one or two or three others. Maybe. I have a group of friends now where artists just keep multiplying because you kind of become who you hang around, right? I have some really good friends that are just getting into art. And my other friends who are not artists, they're like, where are all these artists coming from? They're just popping up everywhere. And I'm like, it's because I'm training them. And they also have artist friends and whatnot. But they're like, why are they, all these artists popping up? It's because they didn't follow artists before. But now that, you know, I'm bringing them into the friend group and, you know, helping some artists along and like they're becoming artists, they're like, it's so crazy. It's almost oversaturated now. It's like, no, <laughs> no, it's just in your world. So in normal, normal everyday people, you know, past somebody at the store, they probably aren't following more than three artists online. I would bet they maybe have come across a couple, maybe one local, maybe one that they saw on a suggested post and maybe they started following them. But the things in their world are different. They're not surrounded by artists. They have advice for parents or, you know, meal prep stuff or I don't know. I have no idea what are, what's on other people's feeds. Actually, my husband's feed is full of hunting stuff or it's full of funny memes or animal stuff and because he likes nature and all that. So he is not in the world of art and he does not see all these other cool artists and muralists doing amazing things like I do and being so productive. And I'm like, oh, I need to up my game. And he's like, no, you're doing fine. 
I don't understand. <laughs> so I think it's not oversaturated. I actually just had somebody tell me that today about our, our downtown area is oversaturated with artists. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it just seems like that because we are highly, highly aware of all the competition in our area. But especially in downtown Springfield, Missouri, where I live, the competition is anything but saturated. <laughs> it's not. It's, I mean, okay, if you live in you know, Los Angeles or Miami, sure. But then, so my advice to her was, you know, if you live in an area where art is more prolific, maybe niching down is something that I would highly advise you do. It's not something that I need to do. And frankly, if I niche down and did not take any other jobs in a certain niche, I probably wouldn't work as much in my area. Not to say it's not possible. I could you know, take jobs in other states and do commissions from other cities or whatnot. If I really wanted to stay in that niche, it could happen. I would just have to travel a little bit or you know, do commissions and ship them out. But in my area, you don't really need to niche down as much. But if you're in an area like the higher saturated art areas, the niching down makes you the go-to person for that specific thing because it's a lot easier to be the best logo artist in town. But it's really hard to be the best artist in town. You know what I mean? So finding that niche, if you're really worried about that. Another negative self-talk thing that I hear quite a bit is I'm so slow, you know, or I'm not as good as other artists. I take forever. And to that, it's very easy <laughs> to say, you know, with time, speed comes. You know, people used to tell me, you know, some things like, wow, it's so fortunate that you're starting so young. You're going to be such a great artist in your 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s. Wow. Like, it's so great that you're starting so young. I wish that I did. And I was like, yes, that's a great compliment. Thank you so much. Yes. But then really they're saying, you're not that great right now, but you're about to be. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so just practice. I always put myself into the future with that. And I just wanted to take a tub time machine and jump in it and be like, okay, I want to be in my 30s and 40s now so I can actually know how to blend really well and be speedy painting like all of you guys that I was around. And I could see other artists just doing it way more effortlessly. And they knew so much more than I did with color. And I was like, ugh. I felt like every day after painting, my brain was just about to explode because it is physical painting murals and you're moving your arm and ladders and moving up and down. And But it's so mentally draining figuring out how to make a flat wall look like something cool or look like something realistic. It's so much of just a mind workout, really. And I just remember being so tired at the end of every day. I would just lay in bed and like, okay, that's all I have. Nobody have any kind of intellectual conversation with me, please. <laughs> and my advice to that is it just takes time. And if you're saying, you know, you're not where you want to be yet, which is also what I hear all the time, right? That's why people join the academy is because they're not where they want to be yet. <laughs> I challenge you to just switch your mind around. This is something that I do and to not let myself get down when I, especially if I'm comparing to other artists, I'll see another artist and now typically they're older than me or they have different experience. They've put in way more hours than me. And I just think I just haven't put in enough hours yet. But I will. If I really want to, I will. But I can also look at that hyper-realism paintings and know that I do not have the patience to put in that much work, but I can admire it from afar. <laughs> but I also don't really let it get to my head because I know fully that I could do it if I wanted to. And 
I think call that confidence or big headed or whatever. I'm like, I could do that. I just, I know I could, I don't necessarily go and tell them that, but in my head, I'm like, I know I could do that if I wanted to, because I've already done so many hard things and I've learned to paint in a semi-realistic way. So if I knew, if I wanted to do hyper-realism, it is possible. I just don't have the patience for it. So I, I'm just gonna, you know, give praise to those who can and have that's where my mind's at. I'm never like, oh my gosh, they're so much better than me. I could never do that because I know that it's just practice. Nobody's born with this. And I've had a couple artists argue with me on that point saying that some people are actually born with a crazy great art gift. And I, my reply to that is yes, we're all born with some amount of an artistic eye, quote, whatever that is, but the rest is practice. And when anybody comes up to me at a show or when I'm painting live or whatnot, and they say, wow, you're so good at this. How do you get so good at it? I literally say, practice, literally hours and hours. They're like, I could never do that. I'm like, I bet you could if you put in as much practice as I have. And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, whatever. You just want to argue, okay? <laughs> but that's really how I think. It's just hours. You show me an, an artist who has painted for 10,000 hours and then show me a artist who has painted for 1,000 hours and I'm going to show you which one's better, like hands down, every time. It doesn't matter. So it's just, you know, don't get down on yourself because you're not exactly where you want to be. It's just, it just takes time. And what I always say in this instance is, you know, I'm not where I want to be right now, but this time next year, whew, I'm going to be so much closer, if not accomplished in that specific goal that I have, just wait. This time next year, man. <laughs> and I, talking to artists, they want to be at the end of the month, they want to do this or they're not there. They've been pitching for a couple days and they haven't landed anything. And I'm like, years, thinking years, thinking a year <laughs> or six months at the least. But you know, planning and pitching and all the things, everything takes so much time. I was just talking to a student this morning about how he needed to get these jobs in order to pay off some bills. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it's a good idea if you take a part-time job and then not put so much pressure on your art because these things just take time. Because I was telling him about, hey, you could do some windows or that. He's like, nope, I want to land a 10K mural gig. And I was like, you and everybody else, buddy. <laughs> like it's just I think, go do some windows, do this, pitch it for Valentine's Day, and then maybe one of those restaurants, whenever they remodel here in the next year, they're going to hire you because you've painted their windows for Valentine's Day and they're going to remember you because you smiled and you were nice and you know the painting was great and like they'll call you up then. But expecting it to happen at the end of the month is not the best game plan. So those are my two cents there. But right now I am basking in the winter season. It is currently February and my calendar is not necessarily booked out super far. I have a couple things planning and I have a couple things that I need to be doing in the next week or two. And there are several things that I'm just waiting on construction for. And all the, But it's I'm not being getting overwhelmed with emails and pitches and all the things it's just, it's the winter season. So this is the season where I think back and I do things like planning and practicing and resting. <laughs> and because 
the sun and the warmth give me so much energy. And right now there's not a whole lot of that. So I just want to stay cuddled up under a blanket with my computer in my lap and work on my website or work on the mural pricing guide or our supply list or the freebies that I give out, things within the academy, things within my art business that I know I'm not going to have time to do when everybody wants a mural painted this summer. So right now, I ask myself questions like, do I want a repeat of last year or do I want to change some things? You know, how do I make this year more enjoyable while also making more money? So those two goes hand in hand. How do I do this? So I would go and refine my pitch deck. I would get really specific on what businesses or people or places that I want to paint for because I have this like really strange theory. And I like to play this kind of game sometimes where I like to put out something very specific and see what comes back. For instance, I want to paint a $10,000 mural for a dentist office, putting it out there. Something very specific. And the world works in mysterious ways because I was making notes for this podcast episode yesterday and thinking about what I was going to talk about. And I was writing down this exact thing. And I put down as an example, I want to paint a $20,000 mural. I was going over why I wanted to do that, how I can up my chances for it and all the things and just making notes about what I wanted. Because I was like, okay, I can't just give advice here without doing this myself. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So I was like, what, what do I want? I want a $20,000 mural sometime soon. I'm just going to say soon. Sometime this year, like it doesn't have to be this month. I don't know. Sometime soon, but I want that 20K mural. And then I went to lunch with my husband and we came back and I got a call and an email of somebody who wanted me to quote a really big project. It was a really, really big logo. And I was asking some questions. They, they just called me. They're like, okay, so this is what we have. We have a customer who they want a sign made, but to, for the sign to be made, it's going to be like 40 grand. And so how much can you paint it for? And my husband was listening the whole time. And I was like, well, it was on corrugated metal and it was really big, like huge. And I'm like, well, it's really simple, but it is going to take a lot of time because it's on there. I don't know. Let me get back to you with a quote here in the next hour. And I hung up and I looked at my husband and I'm like, how much do you think I should bid this for? And he goes, 20K. And I just looked at him. And I was like, let me show you what I wrote down before we went to lunch. <laughs> this. And I had him read exactly what it was. I want a 20K mural. And just the hearing that come out of his mouth, I just did this rant about being patient and waiting for things. But I'm telling you, when you put out things, I actually didn't end up quoting it for 20K. It felt like it was a bit too much. So I quoted it for 10K plus lift costs. So yeah, but it was like, wow. So just to share where I got that job from, it's a local sign company. So if you have a local sign company and you do like in your area and you do logos and murals and whatnot, reach out to them because this company reached out to me a while ago because they're contracted artists that they have. So I don't work for them. They just contract me out. They ask me for bids on things, and if they get it, they hire me, and they do all the legwork, all the stuff of making sure the area is ready and creating the specs and the mock-up and everything. I just show up and paint what they want me to paint. Like, those are typically a logo, which is great. So check out your local sign companies. Typically, they make signs. I don't necessarily know if they make light-up signs, not quite that kind of a sign company, but this one, they're called Pinnacle Sign. 
They're here locally. You can, if you want to check them out, Pinnacle Sign, Springfield, Missouri, and just see what I'm talking about when I say sign company and see if there's one of those in your area because they are really good connect to have. I mean, obviously for instances like this, they just asked me to bid a really big project that the sign was going to cost 40K. They're like, how can we get it a little bit cheaper? I was like, I can do it for 10K, which is going to save the customer a lot of money. It'll still look really good. And, you know, they didn't want it to light up anyway. But yeah, so write it down exactly what you want. And also think about why do you want that? So I want a 20K project because I don't want to deal with a lot of different invoices, a lot of different things. I want to be able to just work with a customer one-on-one for a while to get a design that's really cool, be able to pour myself into it and focus on it for a few weeks. And when I say a few weeks, I'm not working every day, but maybe like three or four days a week for a few weeks, that's a 20K mural. And that's what I want. So I'm putting it out there again. I'm literally like putting my hand beside my mouth and like pointing towards the abyss out here. Like anybody hear me? I want a 20K mural, but think about why. Why do you want what you want? And what's something that I could do right now to up my chances of that? So I want a big, impressive mural that I can do. So I'm going to go through my recent photos and go through the big, impressive murals that I've done in the past. And I'm going to post them again. I'm going to post them on Instagram or Facebook, or I'm going to do a video or something and just show exactly what I want to be hired for that I have done in the past that I want to be hired for it again. Just remind people because I have new followers and haven't seen that. The old followers are going to be like, oh, that's cool. Nobody's going to be like, "Ah, she's posting that again. Oh my God. (laughs) No, but if that's what I want to be hired for, that's what I'm going to show Facebook following. I'm going to, maybe I'll try to get people to comment on it in some ways, try to do engagement. Or actually what I want to do, what I'm going to do this week is I'm going to take those photos and share a collage of them on Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn, and all the places and say, I'm looking for a big project this year. Just say what my goal is. I really want to do a big project this year that stretches my skills and really just describe why. So why I want that. I'm not just to make money, which that is a big part of it. (laughs) I'm not going to say that, but say something like, you know, I want to be able to use, it stretches my skills. It uses all of my abilities and do something just really, really cool. That's the best way I can describe it right now. I'm going to say it a lot more eloquently in my Facebook, Instagram, whatever post, but I want to share my my big goals. Just put it out there in that way. So maybe somebody sees it. Another way is to search and apply. So what I would do, what I've done recently is I searched for local muralists, call for artists, and like requests for qualifications. All of those are keywords that you can search for in Google. And I found one last year that I ended up getting a $9,000 mural this way. I applied for it. It was in Iowa. I went up there. It took a week to paint, a little bit less than a week, and came home. Yeah, but I got it because I applied for it this time last year. And I, you know, sent my request for qualifications and they ended up hiring me. But I was, I searched Google for this for muralists, people wanting muralists to come paint. And obviously I had everything set up for it. And like, as soon as you get all of your stuff, all of your, your CV, all of that set up, which I share how all of mine in the Academy, if you want to see exactly what it looks like, what my CV looks like, what my pitch looks like, everything. I share that all of that in the Academy, you can just copy paste, insert all of your stuff, easy peasy. It took me a few hours to put this together, but once I have it together, I can just send it out to all of the different ones that 
I apply for. I actually just applied for one here recently and I did not get it. And I was kind of bummed. I'm like, man, this was a $20,000 mural. So I tried for it, did not get it, but it's okay. On to the next one. There will be another one. I just wasn't meant to go to St. Louis for a week. Guess not. Not my favorite place anyway. It's fine. Fine. Another way is to you know, not just search and apply, but pitch and do outreach. Maybe there's a big company in your area. There's a big company that I pitched one to this time last year called SRC. They're a really big company in this area with a lot of different branches. And I really wanted to do a mural for them and they have ghosted me. So I'm going to follow up with them. And I'm also going to try to look for maybe a different contact within that company because the one the people who contacted me obviously don't have much power and they're not very good at what they do because they just ghosting is not good business etiquette. So I'm going to go around them. I'm going to make it happen for myself. <laughs> I want to paint a mural for SRC and I want to do it this year, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Notice I didn't say this month, this year. Sometime this year would be nice. Okay. So I'm going to go and pitch and that way. Usually I just send out an email saying, hello, I have designed, or I started the design process with your company last year. And these are some of the designs that I sent over. These are some of the other murals that I have created. And I'll just put a link to my website with the murals. And like, I would love to create a mural in your blank area inside of your manufacturing area this year. Please let me know who I should talk to. Someone goes to me, I'm going around them. Okay. <laughs> this very similar approach to just outreach, cold calling businesses. But I would stick to a very specific business. So say you want to do dental offices in the area, which is something that I kind of want to do too, which is why I'm saying this. Is I would create a specific one for dental offices or schools or apartment complexes. I've been wanting to try out apartment complexes too. I think that would be really cool. And specifically for them, because you're going to word things differently with them, right? Rather than just normal businesses. So for a dental office, Say it was a you know, a young kid's dental office. I think there's a term for that. I can't think of it right now. It's not a pediatrician. It's a young kid's dental office. <laughs> it's, and so I would do some, maybe some murals that I put in schools. I would That would also apply to there because you can't really tell where they are. They, they look kind of like kiddish or illustrative or fun. I would push that, put that in my pitch deck and I would send this out to kids' dental offices. I, there's a word for this. You know what I mean? You understand. I would say something like, give your patients an unforgettable experience from the time they walk in. So, you know, make it memorable. You know, as the kids grow, they can take pictures with this photo op and I could paint this for you. And like, you want to make their space memorable. Some other keywords might be recurring customers, you know, make them excited to come back for their annual visit. Like stuff like that. So thinking, and a good way to get suggested is go to ChatGPT and say, I want to pitch to a dental office, get some keywords from there and go. Ideas. So we have examples of this inside of the Academy. I have pitch deck scripts. If you want them, they're the ones that I use. They're inside of the Academy. It makes your life a whole lot easier. You can go in there and check it out. But after this winter season, things are going to start to get busier. And now that I've been in business for long enough, I know that and I trust that I don't have as much anxiety nowadays as I used to. I used to be like, oh no, things are slowing. Are they ever going to pick up back again? And I'm okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, they did. Okay. And then the next year would be like, things are slowing. Hope they pick back up again. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they did. And now, now I'm like, things are slowing. They're going to pick back up again. <laughs> so I'm just going to enjoy my time, my downtime and know 
and just enjoy the season that I'm in of being not super busy, even though I'm just recording in my car because I don't have time. But I'm really not that busy right now. I'm really not. I'm just, I have a bunch of appointments. Like I got my teeth cleaned today and I'm like, I even do all of that. Like any of my healthcare stuff I do during the winter, anything that I am just going to be too busy to do, like the appointments and whatnot during the summer, like if somebody tries to talk to me about something in the summer, I'm going to be like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. No, just hit me back up in the fall or, or the winter. Yes, that's much better. <laughs> so in the springtime, which is what's coming up next, it's more of an experimenting and pitching time. So kind of like right now, but things are starting to get busier. But what I tell myself in the springtime is more like stick to the plan and welcome new fun opportunities. That's my motto in the springtime. It's hard to really think about that right now because I'm so into the winter phase of my business, but springtime will be, things are going to start to pick up. The challenging part in the springtime is really sticking to the plan that I'm making right now when things are getting busier and people want things for cheap and they want me to do something I don't necessarily want to do. It's really just sticking to the plan that I'm making now of, okay, in order to have a more profitable and productive year, I need to do this and that, or I need to not take these jobs, or I need to be strict on my pricing. And this is what I'm doing right now. It's sticking to it in the summer. And then the summer is just hustling mode. And my mantra is let's go, let's do it. Let's take advantage of the most profitable time right now, trying not to be in the sun too much, but go, go, go. And then the fall is more of slowing and regrouping and just avoiding burnout, really. Because I think it's totally fine to be go, go, go for a while, but it doesn't really last forever. And I know in my years of experience now that if I go, go, go forever, I'm just going to be really burnt out when it comes time for Christmas. And I'm not going to be able to take advantage of the most profitable time to sell prints and small things around the Christmas time. So I had to be careful when fall starts to hit that I chill out a little bit, maybe be a little bit stricter on pricing if I need to, adjust as needed, and start to slow down. So that way, come Christmas and New Year's, I'm not just like, don't talk to me. I don't want to, I don't want to do anything right now. It's like, it's all about balance. The balance that really doesn't exist unless there's hard, hard boundaries, you know, and really, I mean, still getting that balance is, is tough. So if you're having a hard time finding balance, know that it's all of us. I'm not a pro. I'm just, you know, I'm up on my soapbox right now because I feel like I have a little bit more figured out than last year and the year before, but don't be fooled. I don't, <laughs> I don't know that anybody has it figured out fully ever. And I just want to say too, like, I know several artists in, in Florida where, you know, their summertime is way too hot. So they're basically, you know, the wintertime for mine. It's slower. You're not wanting to paint as much. You're just resting. So it's just use these seasons as just a guide. I was listening to a podcast recently that sparked this idea for this podcast because that's where I get a lot of my ideas is listening to other people outside of the art industry. And these this group of women, they were talking about the seasons of their business and what season they're in versus what it looks like because on Instagram and just social media and all the places, it can kind of look like you're in a really great place and things are going and flowing and all the things that they they were sharing about how oh no this is definitely a you know a, a winter season for me or a fall season and some were like no I'm in my summer season I'm busy I'm going it feels good and then others were just like no I'm just I need to regroup I'm burnt out and it's just we're all in one of those seasons it's just picking which one works for you at what time and correcting and going from there that's all I got <laughs> I want to say one thing, though. We just finished our 31-day challenge in 
the Artist Academy, we did the January 31 Day Challenge where you paint one thing every single day. And I finished my alphabet animal series that I was working on that I picked up right after my son was born because I was bored at home. And I was like, "How? what am I going to do? I need some kind of art creativity. And then I tabled it because things got really busy in the spring and summer seasons and I just never picked it back up. But the challenge forced me to pick that back up again. Instead of starting something new, I really wanted to finish what was already on the to-do list in my studio and get those canvases out of there. And I loved it. I'm so, so glad I participated in our 31-day challenge this year because I feel like I got so much done. I was so productive and I just got things off of my to-do list that had been there for a year, for a year. And I say that because we are doing several challenges this year within the Artist Academy. It is one of the goals and one of the ways that I'm going to up the value and productivity and everything for the members. And the next one we have coming up is the Series 6 Challenge, where we create six paintings in six weeks all within a series. So instead of one per day, which is crazy, and during our 31-day challenge, I realize how crazy that is. But this one is the Series 6. It's probably the second favorite, and we are now doing it twice a year. We typically only do it in August, September, but I'm like, heck with it. Let's do it in February and March. So it's starting very soon. And if you would like to join, there is a link here. And all you have to do is sign up on this link and you get email updates and whatnot. And I'll send you the rules. And yeah, you just post online. We do hashtag series six challenge. And yeah, it's a good way to just get a series of paintings going. If you're one of those that you want to do a niche or you want to try something out, it's a really great way to do that. So I just did a series of the alphabet animals and so many things have come from that. I'm now doing like custom name prints from all the alphabet letters and it all came because I stuck to that series and I don't want to do it anymore. I'm done with it now. I don't want to paint another balloon letter or another little animal. I am done, (laughs) but I'm glad I finished it and I'm still using it to create prints and I loved it. So I'm going to try it again with I don't know. I'm still deciding. I have two different options I'm going to try to go with. But okay, no, I think I'm going to do this like badass working woman, hot pink kind of a thing. Basically, a painting that you would put in your office. I have a lot of really cool entrepreneur, just badass women friends who are doing really cool things. And I'm like, what would they hang in their office that just screams femininity and power and work ethic. And because that's all the things that are in my daily life. I want to be able to do it all. I want to be able to have fun and also, you know, make money and say, you know, talk about money and that's okay. And like, I just, so I want to have a series that is more like me than any series I've ever created. And that's going to be hopefully during our series six challenge. I've been trying to get ideas down and nothing's really stuck out. But if I force myself to do it, then I'll do it. It's just forcing, really. I'm just forcing myself to do it. I have all these other things to do. I mean, well, it's the winter season. I already told you I'm not that busy. So like, I can't lie there. But I mean, it, it still is forcing myself to do it. I still have to force it. It doesn't just come naturally. There's no creativity in me that just flows naturally. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so easy. No, it's all hard. Don't like, don't kid yourself. It's hard for you. It's hard for me. It's hard for all of us. It just takes time and forcing ourselves to do it. So I hope that you do it with me and or do some challenge with us this year. But again, the link is in the description here. And I hope you join us for one of the challenges this year, specifically the series six challenge that starts 
very soon. Okay, this is episode 300, and it just shows you what consistency can do. One episode every week for five years, and it's just slowly grown and gotten better, and I'm just so proud of it. (laughs) I'm just taking a moment to just, ah, this is really cool. So... (laughs) If you could, if you could share this on Instagram, on your story, I will gladly reshare it to say episode 300. Or if you have something in this episode that you got from it, a takeaway, I would love to see that. Help celebrate it with me because I'm having a really good day knowing that I just recorded episode 300. (laughs) Okay. All right. Hope you have a great rest of your week and I will see you next week with a really cool interview. We have some really cool interviews coming up. I'm getting very ahead with interviews. I've been talking to some really experienced artists, a ceramicist, like some really cool stuff. We are two months ahead right now in recording. Like I said, this is my winter season, so I'm doing all the things, getting ahead, and yeah, there's some really cool ones coming up. So I will see you next week on another episode of the Artist Academy podcast. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Artist Academy podcast. I've been putting out at least one episode per week for more than four years on this podcast. And it's really cool to see those download numbers go up and up as time goes on. And that's because artists like you listen and share these episodes. So really, when I say thank you, I mean it. (laughs) It's really cool to see progress along the way. And anyway, if you like this type of art and business content, then I highly encourage you to get the audio version of my book, Mural Money, with over 15 hours of listening inspiration. I'm currently running a special of just $17 for the audio version. You can go to muralmoney.com to find it. And that comes with a bunch of extras like my art supply list, my pricing guide, recommended book and podcast list, and so much more. I filled that book with tips from my art journey of building a profitable mural career. Plus, I've included the best of the best advice from guests I've interviewed on this podcast. It's the most affordable all-in-one book of advice on art and business that I have. And if you enjoy listening to me here, then I know you'll like the book too because I read it myself all 15 hours of it. (laughs) The book is available on Amazon and Audible normally for $25, but if you go to muralmoney.com, that is where you can grab the special $17 deal while it lasts. If you haven't listened to my book yet, this is your sign to do it. Again, normally $25, running a special for $17, but you have to go to muralmoney.com. That's where you can grab the audio version of it. And that's all I have for you today. So I will see you next week for another episode of the Artist Academy podcast.